Hey there, I'm Bethany Van Delft, and this is The 10 News, the show where in the time it takes to make a tiny model of the Washington Monument out of popcorn, we find out what's up in the world. In today's episode, we'll get the status of early voting turnout so far, learn what makes the capital of the United States different from the rest of the country, find out why the future of movie night may be a blast from the past, and find out where one's super adventurous reality TV show plans to send its winners. Stick around till the end of the 10 to find out. Okay, let's get into the 10 news. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Whether it's by mail, by drop-off, or in person, millions of voters are casting their ballots early this year. We're talking record numbers of people voting ahead of Election Day to make sure their voices are counted. To find out more, let's check in with our correspondent, Ryan Nurz. Staggering. Record-shattering. An avalanche of votes. A tsunami of people at the polls. Experts are running out of words and natural disaster analogies for the massive early voter turnout in the 2020 election. And there are many good reasons for all these descriptions. Let's run the numbers. Verified. With less than two weeks before Election Day, more than 42 million Americans had voted early. That's more than seven times the number of votes cast by the same point in 2016. Americans all over the country are so psyched to vote, they're reporting lines at the polls that snake around the block. Some early voters in Georgia waited in line for 11 hours. That's four hours longer than the average American sleeps. Experts are predicting that 150 million Americans could vote in total, which would be the highest voter turnout in over 100 years. You might be asking, why? Well, we don't know for sure, but all signs point to good old-fashioned enthusiasm to make their voices heard. In a divisive political climate, voters seem eager to express their views and make them count, literally. It's one of the most powerful rights we have as Americans. At a difficult time when there has been plenty to complain about, the good news is this. Americans seem united in their agreement that we all need to get out there and vote. So don't forget to ask your parents about their voting plans and keep yourself informed about elections because it won't be long before you get to vote yourself. Washington, D.C. is known for museums, cherry blossoms, monuments, and of course, being the capital of the United States of America. But there's something else that sets the District of Columbia apart. Let's go to our correspondent, Bridget Todd, to find out what it is. Most people who live in the United States of America live in a state, like New York or California or Minnesota or Maine. Well, I live in the United States of America, but I don't live in a state. What? That's because I live in Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. In the Constitution, Washington, D.C. is meant to be a capital, and it's made up of land given by Maryland and Virginia, which is why it's a federal district and not a state. Instead of a governor being in charge, D.C. is controlled by Congress. Eleanor Holmes Norton, Washington, D.C.'s congresswoman, doesn't get to vote in Congress like other congresspeople do. 
And even though we pay money for taxes just like every other state, we don't really get a say in what happens in our own government. That's why our license plates have a slogan from the Revolutionary War, taxation without representation. There used to only be 13 states in America, but over the last 200 years, our country has grown, and now there are 50 states. And if D.C. were to become a state, there would be 51. Wouldn't that be something? And D.C. already has more people than two of the 50 states, Vermont and Wyoming. Oh, wow, man. And it's actually possible that D.C. could become a state. This summer, the U.S. House of Representatives voted to make D.C. a state. It was a big deal because it was the first time this has ever happened. Now, if the Senate also votes to make D.C. a state and the president signs off on it, voila, D.C. is a state. And many people who live in D.C., just like I do, are very excited about the possibility of living in the 51st state. If D.C. actually does become a state, it'll be the first time a state's been added since Hawaii was added in 1959. In 2020, high fives are out, masks are in, and movie night may never be the same again. Where a Friday night used to mean loading up on snacks from the concession stand and seeing the latest movie in theaters with your friends, now it means staying home and watching a new release with your family and pets on the couch. That's not too bad, right? And it all started back in April with a little movie called Trolls World Tour. Maybe you've heard of it. There are other kinds of trolls. Our ancestors created six strings, each for a different type of music. Rock, country, techno, classical, funk, and hip-hop. Tiny, tiny diamond is my name. When it was announced it would be released directly to streaming platforms, people wondered, how could a movie make money if it's not shown in theaters? Isn't that the point? But when it did much better than expected, the movie landscape was forever changed. And that's exactly why more and more movies like Mulan, the live action remake of the 1998 animated film, has found its home on Disney Plus for an additional $30 to its U.S. subscribers. So this direct-to-home thing seems to be working, but we like going to the movies. Will we ever go back to seeing them in theaters? Most likely, but with the coronavirus still around, we might have to wait a little longer than we expected. In fact, that's the reason many upcoming movies have had their release dates pushed out time and time again. For instance, Marvel's Black Widow, which was supposed to come out May 2020, has now been pushed out to May 2021. That feels so far away. So what can we expect moving forward? Some people think the future might be in the past. No, we're not talking about watching Back to the Future, Doc. We're talking about drive-in movie theaters. You know, those outdoor theaters where you watch a movie in the comfort of your car? If you live in Massachusetts near Cape Cod, you know exactly what I'm talking about and lots of other places in the United States. But if you've never been to one, you've certainly heard your parents or (coughs) grandparents talk about them. Is that really the best option? Well, they have experienced a rise in popularity since the coronavirus began, and it makes sense when you think about it. Drive-ins offer built-in social distancing. They allow people to get out of their houses for a little while. It's sort of a no-brainer. And hey, they're so much 
fun. You could bring your own snacks. You could go in your jammies. You could bring Fafa with you, you know, your stuffed dog. (laughs) So it's pretty cool that more people are getting to enjoy drive-ins and it could stay that way for a little while. But you can rest assured that the moment people are able to return to movie theaters nationwide, they will. Until then, as is the case with movies and most things these days, we'll just have to wait and see what's next. While we're on the subject of movie night, it's Halloween this weekend, which makes me think of creepy, kooky, mysterious, and spooky movies. What's your favorite movie? Hi, my name is Zach, and I'm eight years old. And some of my favorite Halloween movies are Hotel Transylvania, Charlie Brown and the Great Pumpkin, and The Addams Family. Hi, my name is Sasha, and I'm 11 years old. And some of my favorite Halloween movies are The Nightmare Before Christmas, Hotel Transylvania, and The Addams Family. Wow, we have almost the same pick. Oh, yeah, we do. I also like Charlie Brown, The Great Pumpkin, but I, I feel like I've seen it too many times, so that's why I didn't pick that one. Yeah, and I like The Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, just it didn't feel exactly as Halloween-y because it's like The Nightmare Before Christmas. That was brother and sister, Zach and Sasha. Great movie picks, friends. Time for your trivia question of the day. Reality show producers recently announced plans for an adventurous show that will send the winner to a place few people have been. Can you guess where the lucky winner's headed? Is it A, the top of Mount Everest, B, inside of a volcano, or C, the International Space Station? Did you guess it? The answer is... The International Space Station. Houston, you heard it right. According to Deadline Hollywood, U.S.-based production company Space Hero developed the idea and landed a seat on a 2023 mission to the ISS. The show will follow contestants going through rigorous training, after which people will vote to send one of them to space. Viewers will get to watch them take off, spend 10 days aboard the ISS, and even return to Earth. Now that is truly out of this world. Time's up. That's the end of the 10 for today. You can catch new episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. The 10 News is a co-production of Small But Mighty Media in collaboration with Next Chapter Podcasts and distributed by iHeartRadio. The 10 News writing team is led by editorial director Tracy Crooks with contributions from Stephen Tompkins, Ryan Nurse, and Bridget Todd. The creative producer is Jenner Pasqua. Marketing is led by Jacob Bronstein with web support by Adam Farr. Editing and sound design by Pete Musto under the production direction of Jeremiah Tittle. Executive producer Donald Albright and show creator Tracy Leeds Kaplan round out the team. If you have questions about the show, a story idea, or just a fun fact you want to share, email us at hello at the10news.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review The 10 News on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Bethany Van Delft, and thanks for listening to The 10 
news. Now go make sure your grown-ups have a plan to vote. We're just one week away from election day, people. Vote, vote, vote. 